0: Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, April 23rd, and we are delighted that you are joining us. Happy Friday. Fantastic. If you have a financial question, then this is the place for you. We want to encourage you to send us your financial questions, investment questions, retirement questions, education questions, career questions, whatever. Anything that is kind of remotely associated with a dollar sign, maybe a new business, Something like that, send us an email. Ask Jill at JillonMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillonMoney.com. If you would like to come on the air with us, let us know that because Mark will do the rest. Okay, let's do some of these emails. We gotta like dig out of these emails, man. Whew. Kathy is a longtime listener and she says, I got a late start at saving for retirement. I'm 57. Because I raised two daughters by myself, working three jobs at a time with little to no child support. I paid off $47,000 of debt and I'm playing catch up now. Okay, that's all right. You got there. And that's the most important thing. All right, Kathy, let's see where she stands. She's got no debt. She's got $85,000. She's put in a 401k. She says, I have $10,000 in my savings account. I've got no mortgage because I live with a significant other who's paid off his mortgage. That's my favorite kind of significant other. Well, actually, my second favorite. My first favorite is the kind that says, oh, I don't have a job. I'm just independently wealthy and manage my own money. I'm only kidding. It's nice. Not- <laughs> I contribute 15% into my 401k. My employer matches up to 6%. I plan to retire from my healthcare job in 10 years. I make $47,000 a year. I really don't want to have to eat cat food in my elderly years, LOL. Other than opening a Roth 401k or upping my contribution, what can I do to help myself? Grateful for any response. I mean, look, I, you're helping yourself by doing what you're doing right now. I think it's great that you're putting money into the 401k. I do think that you could have a Roth IRA would be just fine. I would probably just because of the amount of money you earn, not use a traditional 401k, but do use the Roth 401k. And I would actually, if you have a little extra money, I'd love you to have more money in savings. It seems like, you know, as you approach retirement, you probably want a little bit more in the bank, but that's it you got a late start, you're doing great, keep doing what you're doing, save a little money, use the Roth option because your tax bracket is so low that it would make a lot more sense for you to do it that way. Anthony says, I love your podcast. I've been a faithful listener for several years. I have a quick question. If I have a Roth 401k that I then roll over to a Roth IRA, am I subject to the five-year rule in which I am not able to withdraw any of that money without penalty. Thanks. So if you have a Roth 401k and then you open a new Roth IRA and you're going to roll it over, the thing you lose the ability to do is use that old time horizon for the five-year rule. In other words, you have a Roth 401k. Let's just pretend you opened it. You, you've you been using it and it's six years ago. And now there's no worry about the five-year rule, right? If you roll that over into a brand new Roth IRA, the clock starts again. I don't know what the actual numbers are and the years are, but if you follow up with us, I'd like to hear a little bit more about what's going on, Anthony, to find out what you're thinking about, what the old plan, the the Roth 401k is all about. I wonder if he's asking about this to get advice about how to access money. And then then I want to know even more. So, Let us know what's going on. All right. Okay. Janae says, my brother asked me if he and his wife should get life insurance. My first response, no. But wait, then I thought about it more. And my answer was still no. With the caveat that if they did decide to get it, only a term policy, no whole life, no retirement, investing, savings, whatever shenanigans. Okay. Here's what's going on with the brother. He's in his early thirties. Uh-oh, he's overweight, healthy otherwise. My sister-in-law is in her mid 20s, also overweight, though healthy as far as I know. No kids. Oh, criminy. They are drowning in consumer debt, probably around $50,000 not including the mortgage. My sister-in-law makes more than my brother, but combined income probably doesn't exceed 50 grand. They live with her parents in a house that my brother and sister-in-law do not own, but co-signed on the mortgage. This is a whole other thing for another time. What do you say about life insurance? Thanks. Can they get life insurance through work? That's what I would say. If you want to provide some ongoing help for a survivor, as you said, you know, if your sister-in-law were to drop dead and she makes more than your brother and you don't, you'd want to like have some small amount of insurance to help get rid of the debt and help the survivor, then yeah, get it. The problem is if they're both overweight insurance is going to be more expensive. Um, It doesn't mean they can't get it, but it's what's called being rated. It, It will cost more. So if you can get life insurance through work, that's how I would do it for each of them. And if they have to go and look at a term policy, maybe for the next 10 years or 15 years while they hopefully try to get rid of some of their debt, that would be maybe worth looking into. But I really want to know why they're in debt and I would encourage you to have them contact us. All right. Here is, uh, I already love this subject line. You ready? Cashing out. <laughs> All right. Lynn says, I have been blessed with owning a company and have accumulated, are you ready for this? Hang on, $11 million. Now, gang. I know this seems so out of reach for many of you, but you never know what people's journeys are to get where they are. So Lynn is 71. She's retired. And she says, considering the national debt and the fact that taxes will have to rise to cover it for a long time, I'm wondering, should I cash everything in now? Pay $5 million in taxes and open Roth IRAs with a balance. Oh my God. I currently have two life insurance policies, two annuities, two IRAs, the rest of mutual funds and bonds. I'm thinking this would, one, help me to only have my Medicare increase one year instead of the rest of my life at the higher end. Save taxes for my kids after my death because they're the beneficiaries and they're in high tax brackets themselves. Take away the fear of the investments being in the market and subject to another crash. Your thoughts, and have I forgotten anything? I'll tell you what you've forgotten. You've forgotten that you're losing your mind. Are you nuts? Come on. No way. No, do not cash everything in now. And no, you're not going to pay $5 million in taxes now. Could you convert these IRAs into Roths? Sure. No sweat. Happy to have you do that. I don't know what these two insurance policies are, these annuities, maybe then. I would start thinking about how to get the money out of these things so that you can get them out now while you are in a lower tax bracket before rates go up. But no, you're not going to do everything at once. Come on. First of all, fantastic. God bless you. 11 million bucks. But really want you to consider that that seems like a very drastic course of action. Okay. Mark is promising that this, our last email of the day, dovetails on that. Subject line Love the show. Thanks to COVID, I have been a daily listener to your show for the past year. Even though my father was a depression baby and did not believe in investing in the stock market, I actually put myself through college by working as many as three jobs at a time while always maintaining an A average. And by the way, also buying and selling stocks. I never stopped investing. And I've always believed in having debt at a low rate to allow my money to work for me as long as I'm always liquid. I love it. I'm on board with that, Ed. Okay. Through hard work and good fortune. I like when people mention that because a lot of this is good fortune. Okay, my wife and I have been blessed to be able to finance both of our children's colleges and also help them buy their first homes. And we donate to a scholarship fund that allows us to be involved in choosing the recipients. I would much rather help my children while I'm alive and able to enjoy their experiences than see them sacrifice like I did while I was growing up and raising a family. Okay, this allows them to make choices that aren't constrained by increased debt and stress, of course. We're fortunate that the children are practical and honest people. (laughs) Otherwise, you wouldn't be as generous. Good point. I feel that a lot of people listen to shows and podcasts like your show for motivation and direction. One thing I don't like about the show is when you have a discussion with or about a caller who has $5 million in investments, makes $500,000 a year, and wants to know if they will be able to retire someday. Honestly, I just skip to the next guest when the discussion starts. Maybe you can replay old podcasts that are more relevant to the average person. Hmm. I mean, I feel like we weave a lot of different people in, Mark. Again, gang, I get it. $11 million or $5 million, I know. But you see that it's people are really insecure about how they manage their financial lives. It sort of reminds me of that Us Weekly thing they used to do was like, the stars, they're just like us, right? People of all different stripes, people who come from a lot and come from nothing, all have different kinds of financial constraints. And obviously someone who makes, you know, like one person, and we just had, like you've got my brother and sister-in-law make 50 grand a year and they're in terrible shape. Okay. I get that. But like, I also am interested in the fact that people who have a lot of money still can drive themselves crazy about money. In fact, I wrote a whole book about it. So I'm going to keep doing a smattering. I know some of you like the high money people. Some people don't like those folks. I'm really agnostic. I want you to know that we are here to take all of these kinds of questions, distill them, and then try to provide the most relevant direction we can for each person. Okay. So I hope that helps and I thank you for your note Ed and I just can't go beating up on on rich people who have questions because we all have questions, you know? It's like I'm in great health but I I always like to read about health or you know, gosh, I'm I'm a skinny person but um, I have dieted in my life and and I'm intrigued in nutri- about nutrition. So we all come from a different place and I am happy to answer all of your questions and we try to mix it up as much as we can. If you have a financial question, whether you make a lot of money, a little money, a medium amount of money, whatever it is, just send us a note. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. All right, uh, so our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. We are still in a pretty critical time. Things are getting better, but wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and do something nice for someone else today. It will make that person feel better. It will make you feel better. Don't forget the Jill on Money mantra for 2021, grit, growth, growth. Grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow.